Ooh, welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Uh, uh, Mr. Griff? Uh, yes, Zach. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking about how existentialism leads to a sadder life here in our kindergarten classroom. Correct. Do you have a and question about just, that? Yeah, yeah, I was just ahead, curious. Um, how, uh, is it important to view death as an overarching cloud over our lives at all times? Or, like, is it more uh, uh, per, you know, uh, pertinent to uh, sort of consider it as, like, a dark passenger that is always sort of uh, uh, lurching over your shoulder, waiting to claim you at any moment? That's a really good question, Zachary. And here's the way I like to think about it, is that... You know, death is like closing a book. And if you open a book, you know it's going to close sometime. And if, it, mm -hmm. if that book never ends, if that storybook never comes to an end, well, that, that's not a very good book now, is it? No, not at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. it is a dark passenger looming over every decision you make. So watch the fuck out, Zachary. Oh, I will. You tie us real well, Mr. Gwyn. Does anyone else have any questions? No? Excellent. <laughs> Nap time. Okay. Who hired me? <laughs> <laughs> and why is this the curriculum? <laughs> ah, incredible. It's been a sec since we've had a, like an existentialist intro to this. Yeah, show. yeah. I don't know why I decided to be a, a kindergartner um, inquiring about it. There but you is know what? here we are. There is something that happens, and I don't know whether you realize this consciously or not. But when you count, kind of count us into the episode, the like manner of speech in which you do the count always leads into your intro bit, and I don't know if that's because like. You have the bit preloaded and you're gearing into it, or whether or not the voice influences the bit or the bit influences the voice. It's always kind of hard to determine, but like. The world may never know. Because <laughs> I sure as hell don't. Because as you were starting to count, you were like, three, two, one. Mr. Griff? Like, <laughs> um, hey, Mr. Griff. Oh, shit. Folks, welcome back to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I, of course, am Mr. Griff. And I am Zachary, the existential kindergartner. Um, that's a that's got yeah. that's something right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, don't forget, we're all gonna die someday. <laughs> um. And yeah, you know, we're just back with another episode, just to do one for all you folks. Mm -hmm. And just a classic app. Uh, just classic app. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a cl it, no. Yeah, there's there's lots of head shaking. This isn't a bit. This is just it's gonna be a classic app. Yeah, classic app, classic grab bag. Yeah. You know, just having some fun. I do have one thing to kick us off into it though, Zach. Oh, okay. Um, and that is another rendition of ba do do boat do 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 ba do pet news. Pet news. Uh, this comes to us from today.com. 
Uh, this happened uh, a little while ago on January 4th. But uh, this headline reads, Dog eats $4,000 in cash off the counter. The unpleasant way his owners got it back. No, buddy. <laughs> so I'm going to post this link to you, Zach, so you can see the picture here. Oh, Papa. The dog eating your homework story is as old as time, but for one Pennsylvania couple, the adage somehow became true and briefly cost them thousands of dollars. Clayton and Carrie Law had taken cash out to do a home improvement project and left the envelope of money on the countertop when their dog, Cecil, decided it was time for a very expensive snack. Quote, I just walked out of the house just doing stuff and then came back and all of a sudden I walked in on Cecil standing over a pile of mutilated cash. Cecil, no. That night was the first of many in the coming days where the laws had the unfortunate task of sifting through their dog's bodily waste. They were able to find most of the bills through the unpleasant task, carefully washing and sorting the pieces to put them back together. We kind of hit this point of diminishing returns, Clayton Law said. We called it quits after about two or three days. They pieced together as many bills as they could. They had to have more than 50% of each bill to get their money back, and the bank swapped them out. In the end, they were able to recoup $3,550 out of the original $4,000. Quote, it was an expensive puzzle. <laughs> Dang. But, like, um, this dog is huge, dude. Yeah, he's a big pup. <laughs> oh, bud. Dude, he probably had a tummy ache for a, a while there. Yeah. Oh, oh Cecil. Boy. I don't know if we salute Cecil, Cecil based off this story, but... um, the, I think we give Cecil, like, one of those, like, little finger waves of Cecil. But the owners of Cecil, hey... We salute you. We salute you. For sifting Big through stop. your dog shit to piece your money back together. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Griff, I um actually also have a rendition of pet news. You got yourself a pet news? <laughs> I also have a pet news over here, Griff. So I guess for the second time of the episode, we'll do it a little faster this yeah. time. We go, do, 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 pet news. Pet news. People can name an X after a rat or roach at the San Antonio Zoo for Valentine's Day. <laughs> We've actually done this at the Institute. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How romantic. Uh, Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. And if you find yourself alone on Valentine's Day or you've recently ended a relationship, the San Antonio Zoo has the perfect way for you to celebrate by naming one of the zoo's less than adorable creatures after your ex-partner and then having this creature fed to a zoo animal. Yeah. We didn't have that aspect, but that's really good. Yeah, I mean, fed, yeah, fed in the in the reptile house, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love uh, someone uh, uh, commented. I'm begging uh, you to release data about the most frequent names. <laughs> uh, that's very interesting too. That's very very funny. Oh, I love oh that man, lot. dang! You said that was the San Antonio Zoo. San Antonio. Yeah. San Antonio, hey, San Antonio Zoo. Zoo. We salute, we salute you. you. That has been a rare instance of a... Because we don't talk about what they're doing more pet news before the episode starts or not, typically. Yeah. So a fun little Do double instance news. of... Pet news. Pet news. Double. Double news. 
All right, Zach. You want to get into this app? Yeah, let's do it. Our episode today is just a nice little grab bag. Atomic Beast 3 by, by, I almost said by Frog God Games. That's not who did that one. Nuh-uh. This is Cobalt Press. Yeah. And uh, yeah, why don't we just dive in there? Let's. We've got uh, our first little guy here is called the Ember Glider. Oh. And this just looks like a little sugar glider guy that's on fire. Yeah. Like his like underbelly's glowing. Uh. He's got fire just licking out of his ears. <laughs> and then his whole tail is just like a bushel of fire. This bitch has fire coming out of his ears. Fire ears. The eyes of this large red squirrel crackle with campfire embers. Flames curl off its coat, especially from its tufted ears and bushy tail. Aww. I guess it is more more squirrel. It is very squirrel like, but the name glider. You know, suggests yeah. it's like a sugar glider. Yeah. Due to their boundless curiosity and hope for an easy meal, squirrels explore any thinning boundary between planes. <laughs> Without protective wards or stable portals, though, beasts that make their uh, make such trips often absorb extra planar energies. Oh. Most creatures eventually die from absorbing such energies, but occasionally one is permanently altered by them instead. The Emmer Glider is one such creature, a squirrel infused with energies from the plane of fire. That's very good. Yeah. Infused with this energy, these squirrels are larger and more formidable than their mundane cousins, and the fire's chaotic influence makes them quick to challenge any interloper in their territory. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, better fucking try to step, see what happens, but I'm fucking fired. Whoosh. Whoosh, she's coming out of my fucking ears, bud. Arboreal no more. Uh, well, yeah. Given their increased size and the heat they emit, most ember gliders eschew trees and dwell in rocky outcroppings, cliffs, or hilltops. Makes sense. Explorers who enter an ember glider's territory may stumble upon the rodents' caches. Ember gliders unconsciously imbue acorns and other seeds with fire before eating them, and the gliders frequently bury these seeds, unwittingly creating fiery traps. Oh, no. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, high maintenance. Afridi nobles and minor elemental lords often keep ember gliders as pets. However, they are often released or abandoned because of their habits of thieving and hoarding. Nice, dude. This is good. This is a good little guy. It's a cool little dude. Well, medium-sized dude. That's a big squirrel. That's a big squirrel, dude. That's like a like a halfling-sized squirrel. Yeah. It's a four-foot-tall squirrel, at least. Yeah, dude. Size of a gnome. Uh, but yeah, it's a medium monstrosity unaligned. Uh, 15 armor class, 44 hit points, 40-foot walking speed, 30-foot climb speed. Uh, six strength. 16 dex, 13 con, 3 and 11 whiz, 10 charisma because it's so dang cute. Ooh. Good with dex and charisma saving throws. Go with acrobatics and perception. <laughs> Resistance to poison. Immune to fire. The squirrel can do flips. It can do flips and shit. Um, yeah, they got a fiery nature. The ember glider is infused with elemental power and it requires only half the amount of air, food, or uh, and drink that a typical monstrosity of its size needs. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, And then it's got a glide. An ember glider has membranes between its uh, fore and hind limbs that expand when falling to slow uh, its rate of descent to 60 feet per round, landing on its feet and taking no falling damage. Classic squirrels. (laughs) 
Uh, it can move up. Oh, is it? It can move up to five feet horizontally for each one foot it falls. Cool. The ember glider can gain height with its uh, gliding membranes. Al- oh, what? Can't. Ember glider can't gain height with its uh, gliding membranes alone. If suggested to a strong wind or lift of any kind, it can use the updraft to glide further. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be able to be like, <laughs> yeah, and shoot fire Theoretically, out and then like, like use the hot <laughs> air to, yeah, yeah. Huh. I'd allow it. I'd allow it. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how much like its tail and stuff heats the rest of the air around it. True. It's got to have that that the air on the bottom. The differential. Yeah, you run into that problem that Sokka and uh, and Zuko ran into at the uh, boiling rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. S- yeah. Solid ups. Hey, th- solid ups. Some of the best of the fun. series. Oh, really? It's really really good. God. Maybe you watch Avatar. Yeah. Anyway, it's got a glow. The uh-huh. Ember Glider sheds dim light in a 10-foot radius. Ooh. And it's got a heated body. A creature that touches the Ember Glider um, or hits it with a melee attack while within five feet takes 1d8 fire damage. Ow. It's got that keen smell. <laughs> it's got a bite. It's 2d8 plus three piercing damage. Nice. Plus five to hit. It's got brimstone acorns. <laughs> now we're talking. weapon attack. Plus five to hit, 2d6 plus three fire damage. If the target is a creature or flammable object, it ignites. Oh, no. Until a creature takes an action to douse the flame, the target takes 1d6 fire damage at the start of each of its turns. It fucking, like, holds an acorn and, like, a fucking grenade, like, rips the top off of it (laughs) and throws it. Spits some fire in there and just (laughs) heaves it. Yeah. That's... Grenade! (sighs) Watch out! Get clear! I need a medic! <laughs> uh, and it's got a blazing tail, which is a recharge on five or six. The Amber Glider lashes its tail, releasing an arc of fire. Oh my Each God. creature in a 15 foot cone must make a DC 13 deck save or take 46 fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Fire ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. This bitch just dropping a second level burning hands as a recharge. No big deal. It's just got it. I like Ember Glider. I like Ember Gliders a lot. They're pretty fucking cool. Low high maintenance, as the thing says. Yeah, but you know what? we bump into that problem with a lot of like fire based pets that like, you know, they require sort of fire based owners. Yeah. Um, you know, like Definitely. I'm not gonna put this in my house. My house will catch on yeah. fire. I'll, Definitely, I'll, but like a fire ganasi, maybe. Yeah. Although, like having the opportunity to have, like it, it gets my room right now in my new house gets very cold versus versus the mm-hmm. rest of the um, rest of the place. So, like an ember glider that could just like hang out in my room and just like warm things up, so I could save some electricity from running my space heater. Like mm-hmm. that'd be nice. I probably would not like actually end up saving money because I have to feed this ember glider like fucking like hot pockets or something but hot pockets <laughs> just give do you think the ember gliders like frozen treats because they like heat them up as they eat them or do they want hot treats um i mean like yeah like you know it's uh like in um you know like when like a really like fiery thing like eats like a popsicle yeah it's just like oh. yeah like i feel like that would be nice like if i'm I think so. if i'm very warm in the summer I would like a cold lemonade, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If I'm very cold in the winter, I want a hot cocoa. Yeah. There's that very cute little fire lizard in uh, Frozen 2 that becomes friends with Elsa because she's all cold. I would just kind of like 
haven't lays seen, haven't out on her seen to- Frozen uh, even once. You're... <laughs> Finish the thought. How... <laughs> Dude, Frozen 2 is D&D as hell, though. So I've heard you gotta from wa- both you, you gotta and watch your it, wife. You, you gotta watch it just so you can watch Frozen 2, because it's D&D as hell, yeah. man. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, all, all up to the plot twist in the uh, at the, near the end, it's like that's that's D like that a DM came up with that <laughs> shit big time. Actually, I'm pretty sure you came up with that plot for uh, Zeriel in uh, your home game oh. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very similar thing. <laughs> so I'm thinking about it. Nothing is real. Yeah, no, ours is a lie. Nothing is real. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just Zeriel. <laughs> Shout out to Jeremy. Jeremy, up, if Jeremy? you're listening, we salute you. It, it's your boy, Zeriel. <laughs> um. Ember Glider, I'd say a situational like seven out of ten, maybe six out of ten. Pat, I think that's that's a fair that's a fair rating. I think that's that's pretty good. The yeah. habits of thieving and hoarding leave much to be desired, but yeah. like very cute. I don't. My cats thieve and hoard constantly. <laughs> we put a bunch of little little snowmen like little little things out. Mm-hmm. They're all gone. The cats <laughs> oh, took all of them no. and put them in hidey holes. Um, they're everywhere. Gone forever. Gone forever. All right. All right. What we got next, Griff? Uh, We've got the Amphibolt. Amphibolt. Like an amphibian, but there's lightning involved, so it's an Amphibolt. Amphibolt. We're looking at essentially a lightning frog. Nice. Um, It's like like a a frog. It looks like a frog. It's kind of yellow skinned. It's got like this cluster of... You know how, like, in every video game, like, lightning abilities are either some combination of yellow or and or green? Yeah. Like, a thunderstone in Pokemon is that, like, kind yeah. of greenish yeah. glass. Yeah. You'll get a blue every once in a while. Yeah, so. it's either, like, yellow or blue, but there's also the always, if it, there's, like, a mineral involved, it's always green. Um, yeah. You've got that growing off of the Amphibolt's back, like a cluster of, like, quartz or something. Um mm-hmm. That like lightning is rip, uh, rippling off of it. It's got like pupilless green eyes. It looks like it has some teeth. And then it's kicking off of like a rocky surface and is like shattered the rocky surface that it jumped off of. Like, oh, like yeah. craters it. <sighs> this large frog like amphibian has a rocky hide with rows of quartz like crystals along its length. Green lightning crackles across its exterior as it prepares to jump. Nice. Nice. Amphibolts gained their name from their appearance, their lightning-infused jumps, and quick tongues. Uh, they have arcane origins. Uh-oh. There's going to be no. wizards involved, Zach. Wizards? Amphibolts are commonly found in swamps, befouled by magical runoff, tainted with planar energies, blasted with magic, or used as dumping sites for failed arcane experiments. And you know who's Damn. dumping their failed arcane experiments there? Fucking wizards. wizards. We should cancel wizards. No one's allowed to go to Hi. school anymore. Hi, folks. We've had a lot of fun We've here. We've had today. a lot of fun today. Th- this is this is Zach and Griffin saying, cancel wizards. If your friend's a wizard, you need to sit them down and tell them to stop their arcane experimentation. Do it for the amphibolts. Yeah. Do it A-wab. for the f- AWAB. <laughs> All wizards are bastards. 
if you have a wizard in your life, please stage an intervention and send tell them Zach and Griff sent you. Yeah, tell them we said fucking get, be better. Fucking cut it out. Knock it off. Be be better, you guys. We're coming for you next, Hogwarts. You guys all did all need you guys did owl bears bad. You fucked yeah, up dude. some frogs. You may have well so been responsible di- for ember gliders for all I'm concerned. Yeah. Every fucking bear imaginable. Just leave bears alone. Just leave them alone. Either fucking shape up or ship out. Seriously. Fucking Hash- guys. Hashtag AWAB. Fucking punch your ticket, pal. God. <laughs> <laughs> These magical energies permeate the region's waterways, transforming ordinary frogs into dangerous predators. This transformation turns the frog's skin into dark gray amphibole with green quartz crystals growing out of it. Two prominent ridges of crystals grow from their backs, enhancing their stormy green electric bodies. Okay. They are kept by hags. Folks, we've had a lot of fun today. <laughs> Cancel hags as well. Actually, no. Hags yeah. can stay. Hags can stay. They can hang. They can hang? Yeah. You can't, hags can hang? You can't spell hang without hag. Yeah. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Amphibolts prey upon whatever fits in their mouths. Nice. But they do not attack hags. Inexplicably, they treat all hags with deference that borders on adoration. Hags often keep the magical monstrosities as guardians or mounts. Oh my god, these things are large. Oh, that's a very big... Yeah. That's a very big frog. Yes. Amphibolts are an excellent way to travel in swampy environments. It's like the frog in uh, Donkey Kong Country. Like, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dang. What's that fucker's name? Um, Donkey Kong Country Frog. Yeah. Winky. Sure. Hell yeah. Uh, additionally, the Amphibolt's omnivorous diet means they can feed on most things in the swamp or anything that wanders in its way, such as hapless adventurers. Uh, damn. Okay. That's kind of fucking rad. Yeah, big time. Uh, they're large monstrosities unaligned. 15 armor class, 85 hit points, 30 foot walk speed, 60 foot swim speed. Um, they're pretty stacked in the physical department. Plus three to strength, plus four to dex and con, but then bad on everything else. Minus four intelligence, minus one whiz, minus three charis. Uh, bonuses to dexterity and constitution saving throws, bonuses to perception and stealth, resistant to fire, immune to lightning, they have dark vision, they can breathe air and water, they have false appearance. While the amphibole is motionless, it is indistinguishable from a large rock formation. They have an ability called lightning leap. The amphibolt's okay. long jump is 30 feet with or without a running start. Creatures in the amphibolt's path must make a DC 15 dexterity save. On a fail, they take 2d6 bludgeoning and 2d6 lightning damage, and they are knocked prone. Whoa. And that's just move. That's just movement. That's just its like, movement. Th- Wowzers. Damn. Uh, they can make two bite attacks, or they make one electric tongue attack and use swallow. So the bite... Wait, tongue's just a taser, dude. <laughs> Fucking taser tongue. Yeah, um, that, yeah, taser tongue. That's what he's called in, yeah, in, you know, in the College of the frat. Yeah. Uh, hey, what up, taser tongue? Uh, the bite attack is plus seven to hit. 
2d6 plus 4 piercing and 2d6 lightning damage. The electric tongue has a 20-foot reach, plus 7 to hit. Uh, deals 2d4 plus 4 bludgeoning damage and 2d6 lightning. And the target is grappled, escape DC 15. Until the grapple ends, the target is also restrained, and the Amphibolt can't use its tongue against another target. And then the Swallow is, it makes one bite attack against a medium creature, it is grappling. If it hits, the creature is also swallowed. They take lightning damage while they're inside the Toad. And, uh, yeah, if they take more than 15 damage from the Swallowed creature, the uh, Amphibolt might regurgitate it. Standard Swallow rules apply. Damn. Standard text messaging uh, <laughs> data required. What's the... Oh, God. Standard race may apply. What? That's, that's what it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Standard swallow rules Fuck. may apply. They, amphibolts fucking rock. I think for, for hags, like 10 out of 10 pets. Oh, definitely. They're great. Anyone else for may, maybe like a maybe like a seven. Yeah, like you could maybe work your way up there. You could maybe get some like, you know, hag perfume, kind of like pheromone oh, situations yeah. to like, you know, yeah. ingratiate yourself to the amphibolt. Yeah. Um, it is big, so you know, you're gonna need some space for it. It is covered in lightning, so like just yeah. watch out. Yeah. Um, uh, Griff. Uh huh. We got we, we get R and D working on Haglone. Haglone. It's like it's like, like cologne. Hag- but Haglone. Ha- yeah. Well, I guess like, how you spell cl- well. It's what Cologne is how it's spelled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the the, the uh, creative spelling to make Halone. <laughs> I think it's just. And, I think it's just Halone, and you kind of like Halone. You kind of you kind of scuff that G a little bit. You get Halone. Yeah, <laughs> Um And yeah, and it's. It makes you smell like a hag, so amphibolts like you. <laughs> smells like, you know, sulfur uh, and, like, fresh-baked cookies. Yeah, dude. We we got the, when we got the new, when we got cats, we got, you can get a thing that it's, like, like a pheromone-like mm-hmm. plug-in that, like, helps your cats feel more comfortable. And That's what I'm saying. Alone, alone. New, uh, <laughs> new ad just dropped for Halone. Yeah, man. Halong. Uh you've got let's see, you've got swamp musk and yeah. bone marrow. Yeah. As a as you've a got yeah, yeah. Uh you've got phytoalgae phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's one of the new scents. Mm-hmm. Um you've got um beautiful bog. <laughs> You've got um, <laughs> He's still going. Bodacious Bayou. There you go. Uh, <laughs> hey. You've got um uh, uh w- wondrous wetlands. Mm-hmm. Um You've got one that smells like um child uh, children's nightmares and like licorice. Mm. Cauldron catharsis. <laughs> I like how I'm uh, going for set combinations, you're just going for names. Yeah, no, you do the, co- the look. You work on sets. I sense I work on branding. It's and fair. Go. Yeah, we're a good team. We're a good team. Yeah, yeah. The one that it's it's children's, you know, like fondest dreams mm-hmm. mixed with 
you know, you put them in a cauldron, you mix them up with like, you know, some like roots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cauldron catharsis. Yeah. There you go. You've got um, like, like desperately made deals and mm-hmm. like regret. Yeah. Like smells got, like so that, regret. Yeah. That is uh, Saturday sadness. Oh, Saturday called. sadness. Yes. Yeah, Friday yes, night Saturday. where you got you got really got really desperate. You made some bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's that Saturday sadness. You know what I mean? Saturday sadness. We got that Saturday, <laughs> Saturday <laughs> sadness. <laughs> I heard that in a uh, restaurant the other day. I was like, I haven't heard this song in years. What the fuck? <laughs> I got that summertime, summertime. Oh. Amphibolts are um, pretty cool, honestly. Amphibolts are pretty fucking cool, They're just dude. big lightning frogs. Like, not for I'm everyone, in. but, like, honestly, not too much that intrinsically, like, makes them a bad pet. Oh, definitely, yeah. I'm I'm sold. I am sold on Amphibolts. Good pet. Yeah. Good pet, dude. All right, I know we're still working on the Halone ad but uh yeah you want to pop over to a, another ad break while we get that in the works well yeah let's hit an ad break cool ad i'm pretty break. sure we can probably like bang out a script and like the the ad break oh definitely yeah we've already got so much material oh definitely 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 awesome great uh lewis ad please tired of normal ordinary pet litter afraid to take the plunge on buying that but here because you're worried about those massive dukes your Pegasus too noble for a litter box? Then do we have the product for you, Litteraline. This magically enchanted pet litter emits a scent that matches the alignment of you or your pet. It magically replaces all pet stink with a personalized scent just for your alignment. Or for those picky pets, it will produce a scent so enticing they'd be ashamed not to do their business there. Maybe your nightmare steed needs a little taste of home? Try Neutral Evil Brimstone. Coatal Assistant keeps banishing its droppings to your pillow. Try lawful good clean linen. Alignments vary between pet and owner. Can't go wrong with true neutral new car. Or maybe your pet doesn't care and you just need something to cover that stench. Then chaotic neutral bacon grease is the litter for you. In addition, Litteraline auto-magically cleans itself every 24 hours and you can change scents at any time with our convenient take-home transcendation packs. Call 1-800-PET-SHOP and start realigning the way your pet does business. Litteraline, a scent for all kinds. Uh, you know, Griff, I, I really like the uh, uh, the, the you know, adding like the, the mascot idea of Harriet Hag. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good that was a good choice. Yeah, you know, like it gives that. it a wider appeal. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, sort of you know, the, the the shifty M of Hag Haglone. Haglone. Yeah. Halone. Say hello to Halone. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right, I think the ad is. I think I'm getting the. I'm getting. Lewis is waving at me, so I think that the ad has been done. Has it been uh, done yeah, for like yeah. a minute or two? Oh, gotcha. yeah. So, no, so there's a button here. in there that turns the light on in the in the booth to let us know that the ad is done. Lewis. Yeah. Hey, Lewis. Not starting. Not starting great on your first day in the booth, bud. I'm just saying. There's a button. I know. I. We're gonna keep going with the episode now. Okay, Lewis. Thank you. Jesus. Jesus, guys. Uh, uh, it's like tangent. working with kindergartners. 
Yeah, no, have you seen, I see it all over TikTok. It's like got Matt Barry, the British guy who pronounces things very funny that everyone loves. You know, no. like the best devious bastard. And oh, you know, the, the what we do guy. in the shadows guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, but it's him. It's like, a, I think he was like a voice, like it played like a voiceover artist. Oh, good. Um, and it's got Tim Downey, the guy who's the voice of Gale in Baldur's yeah. Gate. And he's in like a you know, the outside of the booth at the at the board. And he's like, um, so Stephen, we've uh, you know we've got to do uh, uh, the, uh, these things for the for the client. And he's got like a guy next to him. He's like, who the hell is this? He's like, um, yeah, this is Clem Fandango. He's here on work uh, on work experience. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Stephen, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? He's like, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> and he just repeats what Tim Downey just said. He's like, he's just said that. <laughs> and so every time Clem Fandango shows up, he's like. Steven, can you hear me? And he's like, yes. He's like, okay, cool. And then just repeats whatever the other guy just said. He just said it. He just said it, you fucking donut. <laughs> and I feel like that is most of our interns in the booth. Yeah. Like Clem Fandango. 100%. Yeah, except for the one time where he goes, Steven, this is Clem H. Fandango. Can you hear me? <laughs> he's like, hold on. Did you just say Clem H. Fandango? <laughs> anyway, yeah. next creature. Next creature. This is a... We got a creepy one. This one's called the Corpse Light Moth. Ugh. Oh, it's whoa. Like a, oh. A big furry moth, but like in the fur on his back, it's just, just a skull. There's like a skull pattern in the in the moth in fuzz. In the fur. In the moth fuzz, yeah. The giant moth has pale fur and wings, its body luminescing as if uh, with moonlight. Black and gray patterns decorate its wings and body, and the fur on its thorax forms the subtle outline of a skull. Weird. Corpse-like moths were bred over centuries by Mother Moth, which you can see on page 179. Oh, I'm going. Oh. As favored pets and mounts for her subjects. Oh, another thing that's larger than we expected it to be. She's she's an archfey. Zach. Oh, we, I love it. She's oh. hot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. She's kind of a babe. I'm going to have to scroll. Give me a moment. Yeah. It's 176? Uh, 179. 179. I'm on my way. Duchess Calpe Bellinapter, known as Mother Moth. Mother Moth. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, she's mother. kind of a babe. Okay. Okay, mother. Okay, mother. Yo. Um. Yeah, mother servants. Mother. <laughs> mother moth adores her corpse-like moths, and she attends to them daily, cleansing them of the necrotic energy that naturally accumulates within them. Huh. Mother Moth is the only one who knows the secrets of this process, ensuring no rivals are able to steal her moths. Those who do often end up prey to the moth's transformation. See the midden moth sidebar. I'll, I will peruse. It's right here. And that oh. is if necrotic energy that accumulates in the corpse light moth isn't removed, the moth eventually transforms into a midden moth. Um, where the corpse light moth is like moonlight, the midden moth is like a moonless night. A oh. midden moth uses the t- statistics here, except it has resistance to radiant damage and immunity to necrotic damage, and it deals necrotic damage instead of radiant. It has the following trait in place of glow, its glow trait where it has gloom. Uh, well, we'll read the, the, fir- yeah. the, the first thing. It looks like it just kind of gets mirrored. Yeah. Um, and then it's glowing corpses. Corpse-like yeah. moths lay one egg at a time in a rotting corpse. Gross. 
which the grub uses for food. Never leaving its corpse home, the grub eventually cocoons within the rotting flesh. Sick. Soon thereafter, it begins to glow and emerges as an adult moth. The adult moth subsists on the nectar from various night-blooming flowers, feasting on blood or corpses <laughs> again, only if it transforms into a min-moth. Interesting. Yeah, it's a large beast. 15 armor class, 136 hit points, wow. 50 foot walking speed, 50 foot climb, climb speed, 60 foot flying speed, which is a hover. Well, it can hover. Yeah. Um, 16 strength, 19 dex, 16 Jesus. con, 2 int, 12 wisdom, 8 charisma. Stack, stats are pretty good. Resistance to necrotic, immune to radiant. It's got a down draft when the moth is flying. The area within 50 feet of it is difficult terrain. 10 feet. What did I say? 50. Oh, that's 50. My- Damn. What the- <laughs> that's a very different number. 10 feet. The moth casts light from its abdomen, shedding bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light in another 20-foot uh, feet. Uh, and then, But if it did the min-moth thing and its gloom, it extends from the min-moth's abdomen. Bright light uh, within 40 feet of the min-moth becomes dim light. And dim light in the area becomes dark. So it eats light if it's... It eats the light. If it's evil, it eats the light. Yeah. Uh, it's got a keen smell. That's funny for um, a moth. It's got necrotic dampening. Each friendly creature within 30 feet of the moth has resistance to necrotic damage. That's pretty neat. That's very cool. And then it's got a spider climb. Cool. Um, it makes two proboscis attacks, uh, which is plus seven to hit, 2d6 piercing damage, plus 2d6 radiant damage. Oh, not the radiant proboscis. <laughs> the radiant proboscis. <laughs> yeah, it's like some um, sort of ancient weapon. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got a radiant wind. It's a recharge from four to six. The corpse light moth flaps its wings, releasing magical wind in a 30-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 15 strength save. On a fail, take 66 radiance. Wow. It's flung 15 feet away from the moth in direction following the cone and knocked prone. If a uh, thrown target strikes an object such as a wall or floor, the target takes 1d6 uh, bludgeoning damage for every 10 feet it was thrown. Damn. If the target is thrown into another creature, that creature must succeed on a DC 15 deck save or take the same damage and be knocked prone. If the saving throw is successful, it takes half the rating damage and isn't flung or knocked prone. Interesting. This is a big thing, dude. They're actually, like, kind of chill. They're pretty cool. Despite their maybe appearance, a- appearance, appearance and, like, macabre origins, they're, they're actually cool. Mother Moth rolls in and is just like, nah, you're chill. Now you're chill, guys. I promise. And it's like, all right, mom, give me some of that. Give me some of that necro juice. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Give me some of your necro juice, and you'll be chill, kid. You'll be chill. It's like, mama, thanks. Oh, mom, that's that's really fucking chilly. That's rad as hell. I thanks, I gotta mom. say, I I like I came to being, and I was eating like corpses and stuff, and I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then like you rolled through, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, no, the corpse light moth are like hot topic goth kids. <laughs> like they look real goth, but like they're not that goth. Yeah. Really. It's that punk mentality of like, yeah, you've got, you know, the biggest shredded dude in like a leather vest and covered in chains. And he's like the dude to like pick you up out of the pit if you go down. Yeah, no, he's yeah. They're really just big fuzzy teddy bears. Yeah. Covered in skulls. Yeah, definitely. I like them. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I don't think they're yeah, for no, everyone. This is definitely like no, a, definitely not. A, a, a like 
don't judge a book by its cover situation. Most definitely. The glowing. Yeah, we're going to hmm. yeah, need to come to quite a hefty deal with uh, Mother Moth here. If I think we can cut her some in. Access. Yeah. We can cut her in probably. Probably. We'll have to. We'll get. We'll get. You know. Um. Our our top. Uh, closers on this. Yeah. Our our fey liaisons. Um. Lefaisons. Uh, lef- uh, either yeah, either Faisons or Faisons le- is pretty or Lefaisons. Both are good. Well, if it, if it's Lefaisons, then we just got to get the the top one of them all, which is uh, Turk from Scrubs actor <laughs> Donald Donald Faison. Um, Don Faison. Um, and get him on this. <laughs> Oh, that was the dumbest joke I've ever made. <laughs> no, Zach, it's not. Trust me. I have. Uh, what was, uh, uh, your can, can you say one? Yeah, what is yes. probably the worst joke? I've yes, made? I can because I made an audio clip about it years ago. That's the I'm a cook. <laughs> I'm a cook. <laughs> or the oh, uh, or the I am fada. God, I'm so fucking This dumb, dumb creature appearing on Mori going, I am fucking... <laughs> That's one of the worst ones. But... <laughs> See, that's the dumb thing about making, like, it's part... It's, I'm kind of grateful I, I've stopped making these audio clips, because, like, A, they're a lot of work, and Shaboy ain't got time for that. B, also, because once I make an audio clip, the dialogue from that it clip with lives in my head forever. Oh, God um, damn. Fucking hell. <laughs> I am fada. <laughs> no, uh, corpse light moths are pretty cool. I think so, honestly. Like, um, if Mother Moth ever gets like an overabundance of them, we could like maybe do like a foster program sort of situation where like yeah. they get out there and other people can kind of like siphon off that necrotic energy and keep them from transforming. I think yeah. though, however, Zach, there might also be a market for the midden moths. Because, like, there's some folks out there, like, just having some in your castle to, like, your evil castle to, mm-hmm. you know, qu- drench all light that uh goes around in the area. Not bad. Yeah. I think Mother Moth might get a little mad at us, but, like... Well, she doesn't need to know. She doesn't need to know. Listen, 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 listen. She's a fae. She'll understand. Once we sign her on contract... And then... There's nothing she can... There's nothing she can do about it. And she, you know she doesn't listen to the show. No one does. <laughs> Don't dunk on us on our own podcast. Listen, I saw an opportunity for a bit. I had to take it. You took it. You took it. You know what? That's fair. All right. That's fair. Last creature. Last creature. Um, this is fun because my girlfriend just entered the room. So she's going to get a little sneak peek at this one. Look at this Ellie. One. Look at it. So up next, we've uh, last creature for the day. We've got the duffel crab, duffel crab, which looks like like a big friendly hermit crab. And yeah. It's got a bag on its back instead of a shell, and it's holding like looks to be like maybe it, like the prow of a ship. Well, yeah, the not not the upright of like a mast, but like yeah. the is that what that's called a prow? I think so. Well, shit, now I gotta defend myself. Prow. And now, as he stands. That's the bow. What's the prow? Prow. Hmm, I'm wrong. 
Am I wrong? I'm wrong. Yeah, what is that called? What's I mean, that like there's, part there's the of the ship that sticks out the front? <laughs> what? Well, oh, no, it's, it's, it's the bowsprit, Zach. Well, it's, I don't think that's the bowsprit. No, it's a horizontal like, mast of a ship. It sticks out the front, becomes the front tip of the ship, the bowsprit. Or no, bowsprit. I think, that that, I think that's like what the sails hang from. That's why it's got a chunk of fabric hanging on oh, the bowsprit, it. bud. I don't think it's the bowsprit, Griff. Bowsprit. Look at this. Telling me that's not what that is. You and I are about to have a fucking fight. <laughs> Can't Duffel Crab is canceled. We're talking about ship anatomy at this point. I'm not saying that that it, it doesn't look kind of like that, but the, there's not a fucking like the fabric doesn't hang from the bowsprit. You're, you're telling me this thing has just like the upright mass in its hands. Not the upright of the mast, but the parts that go off horizontally from the mast mm. that the that that the the fucking mm. sails hang from. Okay. okay. What is that like the jib? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Let's see here. Um, those would be called yards. It would seem. Ah. Uh, yeah. So um. Man, Griff's over here questioning my ship prowess. Uh, nice. Alright, when we play Sea of Thieves, who's the captain? <laughs> who's the swabby the, here? Hey, okay, listen, listen. Hey, you're the golden swabby. I am here, the but. fucking goldenest of the swabbies. Uh, an enormous hermit crab pulls itself along the beach with its deep red claws. Oddly, the bulk of its body is hidden inside a bag, much too small to contain a creature of its size. It's a pretty big crab, dude. Duffel crabs are often found along coastlines and shipping routes where shipwrecks are common. Destroyed shipping vessels using extra-dimensional bags, chests, and other items to save on weight leave valuable trinkets for curious creatures. Duffel crabs come into existence when a hermit crab stumbles upon an extra-dimensional bag and takes it up as its shell. The, I like that a lot. The latent magic of the bag causes the crab to grow to an enormous size. Now, here's my question. Yeah. Like, you know, you're playing D&D. &D, uh -huh. You stumble upon a duffel crab and it's like, I'm going to fuck you guys up. Uh-huh. Um, and you, have to, you, you fight it. It dies. Can you take its bag and it's just a very giant bag of holding? I don't know. I, I'm just curious. I don't like, know. does the bag revert to like a normal bag size? Yeah, I, I think let, let's read on and maybe it will it will shed some light on the situation. Uh, they are food hoarders. The crab's bag provides an excellent storage solution to save food for a later date. A duffel crab's bag is often stocked with rotting sea creatures and the bodies of unfortunate sailors collected from shipwrecks. Uh, living creatures are no exception in the crab's eyes as they never live long in the suffocating interior of the extra-dimensional space. To budding adventurers, duffel crabs present the opportunity to gain a unique treasure, if they are experienced and strong enough to face a hungry crab the size of a draft horse. Yup. Yup. Yeah, this is a large monstrosity unaligned. Have all of our creatures been large unaligned monstrosities? I think they've all been large today. Nice. Uh, it's got a 15 armor class, 60 hit points, 30 foot walk and swim speed. 
Uh, plus threes on strength and constitution, plus one on dexterity and wisdom, and then minus two charis, minus four intelligence. It does have blind sight out to 30 feet. Extra dimensional bag. The duffel crab uses an extra dimensional space, such as a bag of holding, as its quote unquote shell. The bag can hold creatures in addition to the crab based on the size of the extra dimensional space. Breathing creatures inside the bag can survive up to a number of minutes equal to 10 divided by the number of creatures, after which time they begin to suffocate. If the bag is overloaded, pierced, or torn, it ruptures and is destroyed. While this would normally cause the contents to be lost in the astral plane, the crab's half-in, half-out existence kept the bag constantly open, even with even when fully withdrew, altering the bag, which simply spills out its contents into the area when the bag is destroyed, and the crab dies. Or the crab dies. The bag becomes a standard bag of holding or similar magic item with an extra-dimensional space 24 hours after the crab dies. There's your answer, Zach. Yeah, it takes 24 hours to do it for it to, to file. It just slowly like, it's been, like, shrinks stretched. back down. Yeah, so it's like, oh, God, thank you, thank you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> uh, the duffel crab also has a false appearance. While motionless and withdrawn into the bag, the duffel crab is indistingu- uh, indistinguishable from its extra dimensional bag with an ajar lid or opening. It has a multi attack. It can make two claw attacks or one claw and one collect. Uh, the claw is plus five to hit, 2d6 plus three bludgeoning damage, and it's uh, grappled, escape DC 13. And the creature is restrained uh, while grappled. And collect, the crab places one target it is grappling into the extra dimensional space, provided there is room, and the grapple ends. The target is blinded and restrained, it has total cover. A trapped creature can take its action to climb out of the bag by succeeding on a DC 13 strength or dexterity check. If the crab dies, a trapped creature is no longer restrained by the crab and can escape using five feet of movement, exiting prone. So it's like a modified swallow. Mm-hmm. So standard swallow rates do not apply. <laughs> Good call, Vatican. Thank you, thank you. I'm really feeling it today. <laughs> uh, these guys rule. Yeah, they're pretty fucking sick. Dude, I'm duffel a, crabs. I'm a big fan of duffel crabs. I mean, yeah, really, like... It's, I mean, like, no different than keeping a regular hermit crab. It's just real big. It's just big. It's just big. And you just got to, like, so, kind of keep inventory of, like, what it puts in the bag because you don't want that to rupture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, other than that, like, could be a pretty chill pet. Yeah. What other things could you, like, not like the bag part, but the crab part, replace the crab part with to make an animal or a pet? Oh, like of something with with a bag on the back end. Of yeah, it? and like not like a hermit crab. Like hermit crabs, you know, they do that. Like that's their thing. Yeah, I'm talking about just like what if you put like, you know, a well, I mean, as snake, as we've described, D and D, they've got an affinity for doing stuff with bears. Ooh, so duffel you know, bear, front half of a bear, a duffel bear. <laughs> um, Ooh, like um. I was trying to steer away from, like, shelled creatures, but, like, an armadillo. Oh. That, like, rolls up into an extra-dimensional bag. Yeah, it like, yeah. has a little a toilet. Yeah, a toilet. Yeah, a toilet. A toilet. Um, I mean, I basically have that with Ignis in AP. That's like, fair. Like, my tortoise just got is a, a bag of holding. Yeah, he's just got a trunk. Uh-huh. I think it's so funny that you just... Let me get my stuff out. 
Shink. Did you see the the crocheted uh, Ignis? He's I, I I have seen the. He's got a handle Ignis. on the side. That's where you lift up the shell. Yeah, I love. <laughs> I think that's so funny. I love that. I am. I'm all caught up. Nice. Caught up nice. 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 Yeah. Congrats on the chili. Hey, thanks, bud. I was really sweating it. I was getting real sweaty over that chili. <laughs> Uh, yeah, duffel crabs, I think you run into a similar situation with, like, um, the, uh, god, what are the, the ones that hoard things, ember gliders, um, cause yeah. they might just, like, you know, you lose your keys, and it's like, you try to find them with your air tag, and nothing's coming up, yeah. because I don't think that air tags register in extra dimensional spaces. Uh, well, maybe since, like, the bag's always open. Hmm, maybe, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you're like, God damn it, Hector. You still got to reach in there and like yeah, you, fish around. I'll get the, yeah, I'll get the rebreather. <laughs> or you've got like, <laughs> you've got like just like um one of those like long hooked poles. Oh, yeah. Like, like, a, like fucking at the pool. Yeah. Where you just like kind of like, yeah, like, <laughs> like the sifter <laughs> basket kind of thing. And you just shove it in there and start fishing around and seeing what you pull out. Yeah, no, um, when doing uh, stuff for work at, like, the uh, arena and stuff, there's this big thing called a yo-yo mm-hmm. that, like, when people, uh, that's, there's a job that's just a climber. Yeah. So, like, well, yeah, when, you know, trust and stuff goes up, sometimes someone will have to climb up to, you know, reattach cables mm-hmm. or something. Um, My father so like in his was a climber. Yeah. Yeah, and so you got to hook into it. So if you fall, it kind of it's it's like the things you do with your keys, but just like yep. for a person. Yep. <laughs> um, so you used to have one of those rigged to your ceiling. And you're like, God damn it! All right, <gasps> let's go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> go die. Go duffel diving. Yeah, duffel diving. Ugh. That's the sport. Yeah. Now, do you think duffel crabs are subject to the same? bag in a bag bullshit like you know if you put a bag of holding in a bag of holding it mm-hmm. just like makes like a nuclear explosion most definitely yeah if you shove a bag into that bag oh you fuck so you gotta watch out like if you're an adventurer and you've got your own bag of holding or like a handy haversack or something like that yeah keep that shit locked down like yeah keep that shit yeah, if this crab gets a hold of it and sticks it in there it is getting thrown to a completely yeah. different plane of existence you and, and your friends the- and it are dead just a fucking giant hermit crab floating around the astral sea like, what happened? I was happy. What the fuck? I was happy once. Oh, man. <laughs> Hector. Hector. Hector hermit crab. Hector, my guy. It's, it's going to be okay. We'll find you a what new bag of holding. There is, a really, there is a really cute story to be had there of like a duffel crab that you know, has lost its bag and has mm-hmm. like shrank back down. And you have yeah. to go around and search for a new magic bag to like, <laughs> so get Hector back to his normal size. Yeah, whether that's like, um, because let's see, you could do like a handy haversack. A portable hole would be wild. Yeah, you just wouldn't see half of it. Yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, there could be like a um, I don't know if this is a real magic item, but I'm picturing those ones that's like you know the decanter of endless waters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's oh, yeah. kind of an extra dimensional space. It's fair. So you've got like a crab in a bottle situation. Which is like, butts. it's yeah. back half is just thunk, just like shoved in there. Well, it made sense when it was a tiny little hermit crab and then they both grew. So now it's just this giant vase on the back of a crab. 
<laughs> Not my extra dimensional vase. We hate a vase, man. Oh, dude. I like duffel dude, du- crabs. Duffel crabs are pretty chill. I'm a fan. I, I think they're just, you gotta you gotta be careful if you got your own extra dimensional bag lying around. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, give it stuff. Like, I imagine it just likes stuff. Mm-hmm. And just, like, maybe <sighs> maybe make a little play area for it where it can just kind of pick things up and put it in its bag and it can take stuff yeah. out. And Pets need play. Give them a little play area. Put some garden gnomes in your yard for it to, like, squirrel Fuck away. Yeah. Oh, man. Duffel crab. Well, yeah. Good pet. Duffel crab. Good pet, guys. This was a good pet. This was a pretty good ep, Zach. This is a solid episode on the pet front. I gotta say, yeah. it's very rare that we have one where, like, all four of them are like, you know what? Like, That's passable. Yeah. It's a passable pet. Yeah, I'd say so. This is a real win for us today. Go us. Up top <laughs> Okay. Uh, shit, y'all. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Um, we've got websites and stuff like that. And Griffin will tell you all about them later. Yeah, I will. I will yeah. do that. Um, we've got a blossoming Discord server. Um, oh, so if you're, it's just booming. If you're, uh, there's there's <laughs> channels on there to talk about all your favorite Ghostlight shows. Uh, it's only two dollars a month. To, on our Patreon? Yeah, on our Patreon to get access to that Discord channel where you can get a private curated experience. Um, that's that's pretty rad, if I do say so myself. For truly we do. just like seven cents a day. Yeah. Like, really, it's just every day you're just kind of like throwing a nickel at me. Yeah, can, can I be honest with you all? You're not going to notice it's even going. You're not going to notice. And, like, and imagine the quality of life increase you're going to get from being able to talk to these two handsome fuckos. Because <laughs> like, I'll go through my like bank statement. I'll be like, why did I get charged $6 this month? Like, it's, oh, it's my Roll20 subscription. Fuck. Well, yeah. oh, fine. I need that, I guess. You're like $2. Oh. What, did I buy a soda from a vending machine? Yeah. Like, <laughs> negligible. Oh man! Unless it's not, and every dollar counts, and that's totally valid, and that's your life. You're totally but, like, valid. You're not totally gonna valid. notice. You're not even gonna notice. So, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/GhostlightMedia. Check it out. Check it out. All check of the out. best uh, video but... game news. All of the best D and D news. And like people who fucking know what we're what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. We're not. Um, we're not just some boring Brandons. We're like cool. Carl. Carl's. <laughs> Boring brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, uh, thanks for being, stopping by. We love you. We we love you. We need you. We can't live without you. <laughs> can't live without you. I will you. pass away. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, until next time, of course, like I've been saying. I've been Griffin. And just remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love. Baby. And all wizards are bastards. And what? Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, wow. Bye. Pew, pew, pew. 
Thank you all for listening to episode 127 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons, Connor, Savani, and Two Nerds in a Pod for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nicole Tuttle Rob for making our theme song. You can find Nicole on Twitter at Nicole Voice and on The Silent Seekers as part of Ghostlight Media. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast, also a part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, remember to fireproof your bird feeders this winter in case those ember gliders start taking a liking to them. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.